0: All right, I appreciate uh, Mike back there so much and always gives me some good sound here and I appreciate all those who helped so much in the class and uh, looking forward to that fellowship, Sue. So thank you for that. Wow, this is a good group today. And on uh, Easter Sunday, I know sometimes you're tempted to stay home and be with family, but uh, you can be with family at church in the Lord's house. J.B., you did not disappoint, alright? Looking good over there. He told me he was going to be bright, and you are. Looks good. Alright, thank you, J.B. Oh, I tell you, on the day that we celebrate resurrection, um, what a beautiful day outside, and... We have a great passage of Scripture here in Mark chapter 16. I had been on vacation. I was gone last week. And, uh, you know, I found it's hard to get away uh, from the phone and the uh, email and all that. And my phone was going, you know, ding, 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 ding. And my daughter said, Dad, I'd put a stop to that. And so I finally put it on vibrate, put it on silent. But uh, had a good time and saw mama and uh, played dominoes every night. And um, uh, Pam and I teamed up and, and we beat the socks off of them. <laughs> Our daughter uh, was there and, and uh, Kendra and mom played together. And I told them, I said, y'all need to take lessons. Y'all are terrible. So uh, we had a good time. You know, when we talk about messages... There are all kinds of ways that we get messages today. And sometimes we get the email, sometimes we get a text, sometimes we get a phone call, all kinds of ways that we get messages. And uh, Pam and I were watching this show on Netflix called Ithaca. And uh, it takes place in Ithaca, New York. And uh, there in Ithaca, it's a story, I think, during World War I, where back then, of course, before they had telephones, they would send, you know, a telegram, a wire when a soldier was killed in battle. And so it's a story about a young man who delivers the message. and he always had apprehension because he knew it would be a hard message for the family to take. And it shows this young man taking the telegram, putting it in his hat, walking up to a door, knocking on the door. And the woman, usually the mom, is there and, and of course she knows immediately it's going to be bad news. Well, aren't you glad today that we don't have bad news, we've got good news? That is that Christ is alive. And He is risen. You know, throughout the Bible, God had one particular way that He would make grand announcements. His messages usually are carried by angels. Billy Graham wrote a a neat book years ago on angels. And the study of angels is a neat study in the Bible. And... God would send these angels to make great announcements. Let me just illustrate that. When God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, an angel was sent to Sodom. When God was going to uh, have a mighty judge born, Samson, God sent an angel to announce that. When John the Baptist was born, God sent an angel to announce the birth of of John the Baptist. The conception of Christ, an angel came and announced that. And at the birth of Christ, an angel came and announced that. It seems like when God needed a messenger, God reached out and got one of His angels. Now, angels really are neither male nor female. They are created beings. Yet in the Bible, they are referred to in a masculine tense. But we know that angels are the official announcers of great events. So when Christ was risen from the dead, an angel made the announcement. An angel preached the first Easter sermon. And so today... We're going to look at the sermon of this Easter angel. So I want you to look in your Bible to Mark 16. Mark 16. And we're going to read verses 1-8 through in Mark 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might come and anoint Him. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled away, although it was extremely large. Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right wearing a white robe. And they were amazed. And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who has been crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. They went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had gripped them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. There you have the story of Easter and the story of resurrection. And you've got this angel who is there at the tomb. Now, just a little background you know according to John's Gospel that Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus took down the body of Jesus. He was placed in a borrowed garden tomb. I heard someone say, isn't it awful that Jesus didn't have His own tomb? He had to be put in a borrowed tomb. And then someone said, that's okay because He didn't need it very long. Amen? He just needed three days. And then we find that these women who were great, faithful women... Now let me brag on the women. Ladies, you have done a tremendous credit to the faith. I don't know how many times I have seen women step up and do wonderful ministries and jobs in the church. These women were faithful to go and minister to the Lord even after He was dead. So, they go to the tomb, and on their way they say, I wonder who's going to roll away the stone. Of course, I read that and think, didn't they think about that before? You know, didn't didn't they wonder, uh, you know, who's going to let us in there? Who's going to roll away the stone? But let me tell you why they didn't think about it. Because love doesn't think. Am I right? Man, when you're in love, you do crazy things. You just don't think. That's why people get married. They do crazy things. They just don't think. I mean, it's true. I mean, love is reckless. A guy goes out and buys a big old diamond ring that he can't afford. Does that make any sense? No, it's dumb. (laughs) But love doesn't think. It's reckless. These women had fallen in love with Jesus Christ the Nazarene. They were not thinking. It did not make sense. It was not coherent. But they did it because of love. So they're on their way. And then they get there. And they find that indeed the stone has been rolled away. And they say, Hallelujah! We don't have to worry about that. And then they look and Jesus is not there, but an angel is. And the angel starts preaching a sermon. The angel there had the first Easter sermon. Now I've heard a lot of Easter sermons. I've heard some good, I've heard some bad, I've heard some dull, and I've heard some dynamic. Boy, there ain't nothing worse than listening to a dull, boring preacher. I, I confess that. I mean, boy, some are just snoozers. You're sitting there going, you know, looking at your clocks saying, when's this guy gonna be done? I had a lady one time, she walked into the church, she said, Is this gonna be good today? <laughs> I said, "Do you want your money back?" <laughs> she said, "No, I want to go down the Methodist church. This ain't gonna be good." But you know, whenever you look at the Word of God, man, God's Word is living and powerful and active, and and what a wonderful message this this resurrection story. And so, I want to share with you today about the first Easter sermon. All right. What did the angel proclaim? And These all start with the letter P. Alright? Number one, peace. Peace. Verse number 6. Look at it. Verse number 6. Do not be amazed. The angel says there, do not be amazed or shocked. In other words, the angel was saying, don't be afraid. Yeah, that's easier said than done. Here are the women, they're at the tomb. Jesus is gone. Here's this angel before them and the angel says, hey, don't be afraid. I'd be saying, yeah, I'm not afraid, but I'm going to run for my life. You know, have you ever ever noticed how many times in God's Word He says, don't be afraid? We are a fearful people. That's why... Terrorism is such a dangerous weapon because we are gripped by fear so many times. Second Timothy chapter one, verse 7. If you got your Bible, look over there, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, "For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Now, the Gospel dispels fear. The Gospel, in so many ways, tells us we don't have to live in fear. Now, how is that true? Well, His resurrection brings peace. It brings peace in three areas. Listen to these. Number one, salvation. Man, I've got peace in my life because I've got someone that lives in my heart. I've got eternal life. I know that when I die, I'm going to be in His presence. I have salvation. Man, I am saved, saved, saved. Boy, I love to sing that hymn when God's people sing it out loud. I'm saved, saved, and saved. Man, I was saved at 12 years of age. There's nothing I can do to be lost. There's nothing I can do to get out of God's hand. In fact, when I try to get out of God's will, you know what God does? He just puts a tighter grip on me. That's why when you get out of God's will, you get uncomfortable. You know what that is? That's just God getting a tighter grip on you. God says, you think you can squirm out of my hand, I'll show you different. He just grips down on you. Salvation, I have peace in that. He is able to save forever. Alright, number two, I have peace in death. I have peace in death. John chapter 11 verses 25 and 26 says that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Peace in death. I remember years ago, there was a show on TV. And uh, I call him Archie Bunker. Uh, he played the character, Carol O'Connor. And uh, he plays a sheriff. Y'all remember that TV series? He plays a sheriff. And I don't remember the name of the series now. He the Night, right. And the he the Night. But anyway, he plays a sheriff. And uh, had an African American young man that played his uh, deputy. Tips? I think, yeah, that was his name. Anyway, I'm going down memory lane here, all right. But anyway, but I remember that this sheriff had locked up someone and he was convicted of a death penalty crime and he was on death row. And he wanted the sheriff, Carol O'Connor, to come and see him. So he went to see him, and when he got to the prison right before he was going to be executed, here's what the prisoner said. He said, would you read the verse? And the sheriff said, what verse? He said, the verse. The verse that gives hope to people like me. And he opened up the Word of God and he read from John 11:25 25 and 26. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. How many times have those verses given hope and peace to people in the time of death? Well, also we have peace in life itself. Man, I've got peace today. I'm going to drive home. Somebody's going to be in a car wreck. I hope it's not me, but I've got peace today. I'm going to get on an airline, an airplane, and fly across the country like I did last week. Man, I've got Peace when I get on that plane, and no one took me off the plane this past week. I'm grateful for that. But uh, but you know I I've got peace. By the way, boy, they were sure nice to us. I mean, you know, every. Now is the time to fly, folks. I'm telling you. All those airlines on their best behavior right now. But uh, but you know I, I've got peace. I don't know what my future is, but I know who's in my future. I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what's coming, you know, what, where the world's going, but I know who's coming to the world again. Amen? You and I have peace today in the midst of the storms of life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. If you've got a verse to mark, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. It is a wonderful verse. Oh, my friend Kirby up there is going to find it for us. Kirby, if you'd read that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barriers of the dividing war. Mm. He himself is our peace. Man, I don't, I don't have peace in a place. I don't have peace in a job. I don't have peace in a vehicle I drive. He is my peace. The Lord is. Alright, so, there's a message of peace. But number two, there's a message of power. Message of power. Have have you ever driven a car and, and you say, this thing don't have much power? I know I have. Well the Bible says in verse number 6 again it says he has risen resurrection power I I've been disappointed like I said at times in power When I was a child we used to go to uh, a go-kart track and used to race go-karts Man I was competitive Does that surprise anybody I wanted to win in fact, if someone came up beside me, I'd just do a little bump and run. You know, I'd bump into them and try to knock them off the track. But I, I was just so competitive. And sometimes not I'd get a go-kart, didn't have much power. Man, I was just moving back and forth trying to make sure that no one got around me and they couldn't pass me. But you know what? There's nothing worse than having a powerless life. A life that doesn't have the power and the energy and the drive to live. Some folks died years ago. They just hadn't been buried yet. You know anybody like that? Boy, I do. Man, they're dead. They've lost their joy. They've lost the thrill. They've lost the desire. Man, they're just dead and they're just waiting to be buried. I mean, I'm glad for people like, you know, Betty Joe Craft. 95, I think she just celebrated 95 years. Man, I told her, honey, whatever you're drinking, I want a bottle of it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Man, she is just so full of life and, and just so, so thrilled. I see Dr. Stain up there. You know, uh, he's got a few years on him, but just so, so fiery. And you know, so much energy and drive to serve the Lord and to serve Christ. And so, there's power in the resurrection. Now, resurrection, let's talk about it real quick. How many people, we talked about this before, how many people in the Lord's ministry died and were brought back to life? Well, there's Jairus' daughter. There's Lazarus and the widow of Nain's son. Dr. that preached about that not too long ago. But you know, they all were resurrected. But they all died again. Lazarus was brought back from the dead, but he had a funeral again. He died. Died twice, I guess. That little girl that was brought back, the daughter of Jairus, you know, Jesus said, you know, tell kumai, He said, little girl, get up. And she did. She arose. But she died again. That widow's son, He died again. But Jesus is the only one who died and never died again after He rose from the grave. He ever lives. And so, there's life in Him. Resurrection power. Salvation is resurrection power. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 4 says, Therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Man, when someone gets saved, the power of the resurrection Lord invades their life. You've got that kind of power in your life. Well, the second coming of Christ is going to be resurrection power. Man, when Jesus comes again, the dirt is going to be a flying. Graves are going to open up and the dead in Christ are going to rise. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. Says, for the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. What's He going to shout? I tell you, I'd like to speculate on that. I think He's going to shout the same thing He shouted from the cross. It is finished. Sin is finished. Satan, you're finished. I mean, it is going to be finished. We have resurrection power at the second coming. And also in serving Christ, we have resurrection power. I love Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. It says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His image, conformed to His death. You know, for you and I to know resurrection power, now stay with me on this, we've got to know the sufferings of His death. No resurrection happens without death coming first. There's something in your life that must die before you can have resurrection power. The old habits, the old language, the old junk in your life, it's got to die before you can have resurrection power. Have you ever been hooked on junk food? Some may be saying, yeah, I still am. I went out and spent a week out there with my mom. I could open up the refrigerator and I mean see anything in the world in there. You know, ice cream, candy, strawberry cake. I mean, it was all in there. And it took a lot of discipline to get that Activia yogurt down there. <laughs> but, but I did it. But you know, some of us, we've got spiritual junk food in our lives. We've been eating spiritual cotton candy and we've never got into the real meat of the word, but when we've got that resurrection power in our life, when we've got that resurrection power, it gives us the ability to go into the deep things of God. I've got to move on. All right, number three, number three. Not only do we have peace and power, but number three, we've got potential. Now look at this message back in verse number 6. Mark 16, verse 6. It says, He is not here. He is not here. That, That Easter angel preached, Hey listen, He's not here. Jesus of Nazareth that you're looking for. He's not in the tomb. He's not dead. He's out there. It seems like that Jesus was busy... After the resurrection. I mean, He's everywhere. What was He doing? Well, He was doing three very important things. Number one, reclaiming the backslidden. Peter. The other disciples. He is reclaiming them. Still does that today, doesn't He? Number two, He was fulfilling His role as High Priest. Praying and interceding. He still does that today, doesn't He? At the right hand of God. Number three, He was continuing His work through those disciples. Now, those three things that Jesus did then, that He does today, He wants to continue His work through us. And the same exact work that the risen Christ had as interceding, watching over us. He is preparing a place for us. Waiting for God to send Him back. But you and I have the potential. Now listen to this. You and I have the potential to carry Christ into a lost world. I want to tell you when Jesus shows up, He shows up when you show up. Last um, last week, I I do this about every week before I left, I I walked through the sanctuary. Y'all come in here on a Monday or Tuesday. Walk into that 3,000 seat sanctuary. Stand on the platform. It is a dead, dull, boring place. I mean, it's, it's just so quiet in there. You know why? Well, there's not Charlton up there cranking the organ. <laughs> there's not the choir in there singing. There's not Wendell East preaching. But let me tell you what livens up that place. It's when the people of God walk in. And the Spirit of God is in their life. And man, God shows up when His people show up. And God shows out when his people pray and when they anticipate that something's going to happen. Man, next Sunday I'm going to preach. And I'll be preaching in the worship service next Sunday. Man, I want the fire of God to fall. I, man, I don't want to see a spark. I want Pentecost. Man, I want to see God do something that's going to shock us, that's going to amaze us. We have that potential. Well, I've got to move on. I'm preaching. All right, number four. Fourth and last, there's a promise. Look at it with me. Verse number 7. But go, tell His disciples and Peter, He is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see Him just as He told you. Here's the promise. You will see Him. I'm going to see Him one day. Remember the old hymn, Because He Lives? Then one day, I'll cross that river in the lights of glory. Then I'll know He lives. Folks, I'm going to see Him again. I'm going to see the One who has eyes like a flame of fire, feet like polished brass. I'm going to see the One who is the Alpha and the Omega, the One who is called the altogether Lovely One. I'm going to see Him again. But also, I'm going to see Him as I see Him in your life and in the lives of believers. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank You for Your Word today. Lord, it's been my thrill to proclaim that Christ is alive. This angel had a wonderful privilege. Uh, He preached the first Easter sermon. and Father, today help us to go into a lost world and to say that Jesus lives ever lives to save those who are lost. In His wonderful, matchless name, in the name of Jesus, Amen. Y'all have a great day.